Welcome to today's edition of the Rush 24-7 Podcast. Well, you look great. It's great to be here, and uh, I'm just adjusting the microphone and the dials, and uh, just so you know, I have a memo that I'm going to be reading to you from Rush. Uh, Hold on a second. Nancy Pelosi ripped it up. I'm sorry. Uh, We're going to get a new memo from Rush. But seriously, Rush is doing fine. He has a memo. It explains everything. I'm going to read it to you. It's actually a letter. I'm calling it a memo. But, you know, if it's from Rush, it's a letter. So that is coming up. My name is Ken. It's great to be here. We have so much to talk about. First of all, last week may have been up. Here comes a courier now. He is a uh, unknown courier. In the passcode, sir, do you have... You don't? Alpha Bravo. Alpha Bravo, you are correct. All right, here's the memo. Before before we get into the meat, and we have a lot of meat going on today. We have uh, an exciting new budget. We have the last breath of the political career of Joe Biden. It's a very special time for Joe Biden. We're going to hear some of the great oratory skills of joe biden later in the show uh you've got the new hampshire primary taking place and a lot of other things happening as well we have an update unfortunately we have a crazy update on the coronavirus so all that's coming up on the rush limbaugh show let me give you the number i'm sure you have it committed to memory like so many of us do 800-282-2882 all right here's the updated memo now this one was not touched by nancy pelosi This is from Rush to you to be read by me. Folks, really sorry I can't be with you today. What I thought was the onset of just a cold during Friday's show turned out to be the flu, and I was in a secret super hospital all weekend being successfully treated by the absolute best doctors. For you leftists, the nurses all loved me. It must be the beard. Now, uh, obviously, that is from Rush, you see. And if you noticed, if you see some of these pictures that have gone viral of the latest Presidential Medal of Freedom Award winner, Rush Limbaugh, I have to say, with the beard, he now truly looks like a lovable little fuzzball. Does he not? Ali is nodding in it. Does he not? This is the first time. Because that's what he and, and now it's legit. So you can only imagine he right now, Rush Limbaugh is building a fan club inside the inner sanctum of the hospital medical community he's in. Meanwhile, Pete Buttigieg is very excited. Did you see Pete Buttigieg? The headline, listen to this headline. A thousand people show up for Pete Buttigieg. That makes headlines in December or uh, I'm sorry, in uh, in January and February of 2020, those become headlines. We have totally new headlines. I'm thinking about the the uh, the rally that President Trump had. There were like 7,000 waiting outside, and there were 12,000 inside. But isn't it interesting? And you really let let the Dems have their fun. I mean, Pete's having a great week, and and uh, Klobuchar's having a good week. They're having a good week. They're getting some positive attention. I noticed on Saturday Night Live, this was the first time in uh, 37 years, they did a very funny bit 
a very funny sketch about the Democrats. So Pete Buttigieg, a crowd of a thousand showed up, which is great, which is great. But I do want to point out to you that in the same town in New Hampshire, cross town in New Hampshire, over 800 people showed up to support a photograph of Donald Trump. So let Pete have his fun. A a crowd of a thousand. Are you guys getting me? Oh, okay. Do you want me to go back to that? Okay. Got it. Back to the memo. You could have you could have just Yes, you, you could have told me in the I thought that was the part that Nancy Pelosi ripped off. You could have told me in my headphones too. That's okay. There there's more of a memo here. I'm you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it the uh the rush effect, if I may. There we go. Yes, Mike, that makes it authentic. Anyway, Rush goes on to say Folks, this flu is unrelated to anything else going on with my health. In fact, I could probably be there today, but my doctors are insisting on a veritable quarantine as I prep for the beginning of my treatment regimen. I plan on being back tomorrow and already can't wait. I'm primed to weigh in on the Democrats' ongoing fiasco. That is even more bizarre than I could have hoped. Ken, back to you. I apologize for not being able to read a simple memo, Rush. I, I'm i going to work on it next time. <laughs> Look at the applause I'm getting. This is great. This is great. It's chaos in here. So if you look at the last, say, three to 50 years of the Democrat Party, they've had a rough time. If you look at what's been shrinking, right, the Democrat Party shrinking, people leaving, people confused. The leadership of the Democrat Party has shifted so hard to the left that now in New Hampshire, the predicted winners, do you remember months ago? It was going to be Biden. It's going to be the Native American gal. I forget her name. Uh, Liz Warren. Liz. They call her on the reservation. Liz. Liz is here. She's made some crafts and stuff. Now it's Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders. A honest-to-goodness socialist, a guy who digs Castro, and he is so in love with the Russian thing that he honeymooned in Russia. Who does that? Seriously. Who does that? Someone who really loves communism. So that's who you have. And you have Pete Buttigieg. Who he's kind of in the middle. Now, here's something Pete Buttigieg said over the weekend, and I don't know if you saw this, but I thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. A woman stood up and said, and we, I understand that people have different views on this, it, and I didn't expect Pete Buttigieg to go down the road and debate life, pro-life, etc. But a pro-life woman got up and was very gracious, and he was gracious to her, and she said, you know, um, what are you going to do to... Uh, as far as pro-life, do you want pro-life people in your base of support if you're elected president? Do you want pro-life people in the party? And he really danced around the question. He never really answered it. 
He danced around it and said, well, you know, you're entitled to your opinion and you know where I feel on that. And I understand if you don't want to vote for me because of that. Why not? Here's here's the confusion. And this is where I think we have had a wonderful opportunity over the past week, starting with Monday, starting with uh, acquittals and lawsuits being dropped against the president of the United States. And they were they were bogus and they were hoaxy and they were fraudulent. And we know this. It's been a very rough week for the Democrats. But what we have seen the Democrats do We've seen how petty they can be. We saw how petty they were at the State of the Union. We saw how petty mainstream media was when Rush Limbaugh received that honor which he earned. We saw the pettiness and the anger and the jealousy and the resentment. And I just don't think after the last several years that the Democrats can come back for another Election cycle. You're not going to get back in time. You're too angry. You're too petty. All Pete Buttigieg had to say, I'm sorry, Mayor Pete, all the mayor had to say was, ma'am, we welcome everyone in our party because everyone is an American and everyone thinks for themselves. But see, if he said that, then he would have sounded like a conservative and he can't risk doing that because that's the conservative ideology. The conservative ideology is, uh, you like Trump? You don't like Trump? Come on in. Come on in. You like the economy? Great. You don't, but you don't like uh, what he's doing with this. That's all right. You like prison reform, but you don't like... Come on in. Come on in. There's more things to like than not, number one. But think about if Pete Buttigieg said that, how he would get buried. You know how it is. Every time someone in the Democrat Party strays from the talking points they catch heat it's sad you almost feel bad for democrats because you look at all the democrats over the years and how the party has transformed hard-working uh men and women in unions and that support cops and firefighters and that served in the military and helped build this country that's not the democrat leadership though The Democrat leadership has a list of things you need to buy into, and that's because they move too far to the left. And I was waiting to see how he was going to answer that. Now, I happen to be pro-life. However, he could have answered that in a way where I would have thought, you know, maybe maybe Pete Buttigieg, you know, has some good ideas. But instead, he basically said kind of what what Joe Biden says. And I think this is a great message from Joe Biden. I don't know if you heard it. If you don't want to vote for me, then don't vote for me. I think that is a wonderful. I just think that he really has a way with the English language. In fact, coming up, we have some more sound bites uh, from Joe Biden. Quid pro solo Joe and some other things on the Rush Limbaugh show. We want to get your calls in 800 282 82 is the number, EIB Network. And I will be rereading that memo. I'm going to do it flawlessly coming up. One of the, uh, I'm not, I, I'm going to call it funny because when it, it is funny the way that the news media and the Democrats are handling the firing or laying off or termination of several people, uh, Lieutenant Vindman and, and uh, Ambassador Sondland, EU. 
recently, you do understand that they work for the president, right? This is this is what's so crazy. In the real world, this is how it happens. This is how it happens. Uh, number one, if, if you're mediocre at your job in the real world, you don't get a promotion. So most of the time. And the, to hear them sound like I, I wasn't going to bring up the Oscars because I can't I don't like the Oscars. I'm so happy Brad Pitt won an Oscar finally because I think he's a tremendous actor. I loved once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was great. There were several Oscar performances in that film. It was incredible. And then he made that stupid comment during his acceptance speech. And if you missed it, I'll just the gist of it was, I've only got 45 seconds, and that was more than the Senate gave John Bolton. Dude, what is wrong with you? You don't, you don't even know the case. So many people weigh in on things they don't know about. For example, CNN does it all day. And here's actors and actresses. Mike, did you hear Keanu Reeves talk? Oh, my God. I, well, I just, I didn't watch it either. I saw these, I didn't think, I thought it would be the usual, we must stop Trump. We have to protect our children. <laughs> and that was just uh, Robert De Niro. That's what I thought it would be. But no, it went beyond now now it got crazy keanu reeves is talking about cows and taking calves from the cow's mom oh i'm sorry joaquin phoenix my mistake my mistake well i saw him in the joker and he was brilliant maybe he's still in character that's who you're talking about i thought he was great so maybe that was it yeah the whole thing is ridiculous and and they take such a wonderful moment and then they interject just the right amount of dumbassery to prove how ignorant they are about the real world. All these people worth 100, 200, 300 million plus dollars who haven't been to a Walmart probably in their life. And they're going to take a moment to lecture the people of America that pay for the tickets to see the movie. Now, I still like Brad Pitt as an actor. But I had no idea he was that stupid politically. I just didn't know. I didn't know. Is everybody vying to be Alyssa Milano and Joy Behar? Is that the goal now? I understand they're great thinkers on the left, but still. This is the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name is Ken Matthews. The number is 800-282-2882. We are going to crack open the budget, but I want to grab a call or two. I want to crack this budget open that uh, just made it. Trump's budget. The one that reduces spending by over $4 trillion. And I'll explain how. And then there's always people with a budget that say, well, I can't believe he cut that. I can't believe he gave money to that. I think this budget is more in line with the American population than probably any other budget I've seen in the last 10 years. I'm going to explain it to you coming up. But in the meantime, I want to get a call in uh, from Keith in Belton, Texas. Keith, you're on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Yes, appreciate uh, your time taking my call. Uh, prayers to Rush and Catherine and the family. Appreciate so much all that he has done for America. My point is, my question is, what are the chances that Ron voted the way he did to position himself as a 
possible vice presidential candidate on the Democratic side. Mm. His goose is cooked with the Republicans. That is a great thought. I can't see any other reason he did that. I don't believe it was his religion. I don't want to call him out on that, but I just don't buy it. I, I don't believe that you can see that evidence, the evidence that the rest of the Senate saw, the majority, and think, oh, no, 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 my religion is against this. So I think you're right. I think he did it for political means. I don't know what he's angling for. I think rather than try to get another job in politics, I think Mitt Romney wants to be a contributor or a regular on CNN or MSNBC. And there's so many of them now. You may remember Charlie Dent, Congressman Charlie Dent, from my neck of the woods in Pennsylvania. He's over on either C, uh, either on CNN or MSNBC. Those are kind of the dumping grounds for people that don't want to stay in the fight anymore and they want to make good money. And there's nothing more exciting to the mainstream news media than a Republican that has sold out Republican ideals. Now, I'm not saying they've sold out America, so I don't get misquoted, but look, you know, to, for Mitt to turn on the president, again, I think Mitt is petty. He is a, I think he's a two-time loser in the presidential race. So, but that's a good thought. I, I think that would be disastrous, though. I think... Whoever is the candidate uh, for president on the Democrat side, the nominee, they're going to have to do what the DNC tells them. And, and I don't think the DNC is going to tolerate anybody but someone that's in that, in that top tier getting on the ticket. So, But it'll be interesting to see. 800-282-2882. So still to come on the show, I want to I break out this budget. So basically, it reduces spending by over $4 trillion, and the most important thing is it makes the 2017 tax cuts permanent. Now, this freaks out people on the left because people on the left like taxes. They like to raise taxes. By the way, did you hear, what was it, Tom Steyer? He's the mini-billionaire, the big billionaire Big Papa is Bloomberg. He's the $50 billion man. Tom Steyer is like a couple billion. He thinks the number one issue is global warming. Do you hear he wants to raise the minimum wage to $22? <laughs> this, is, this is how do I get a headline Monday? I'll raise the, the minimum wage to $22. Yes, that's it. That's the quickest way to buy votes by Wednesday. Thanks again for joining the conversation on the EIB Network. Rush will be back tomorrow. Coming up, I will uh, reread the the Rush memo that he that he sent in, the one that wasn't ripped up by Nancy Pelosi. I have a quick update on the most recent hoax. By the way, think think about the week or the month that the Democrat Party has had. Not necessarily Democrats, but the party, the, the leadership, the, the mainstream news networks, etc. Think about the month. Think about the, actually, think about the year. You got the Mueller, Mueller report fail. That was started off as such a great hoax. So many great people were in on it. 
some of the greatest liars that history has shown us. James Comey, a great example. You had an FBI director in on it. You got a former CIA guy in on it. Oh, my gosh. DOJ people, FBI's, FBI agents. It was great. Mueller, fail, proven to be a hoax. And then the real story of the Mueller investigation, Hillary purchasing a faulty dossier, which Mueller knew was faulty and still ran with it. Comey lying about FISA warrant content on the FISA warrant application, and he knew it. None of that gets touched by the media because they're still so angry at Trump. So they moved right on to the next thing, Ukraine. Ukraine is a can of worms larger than anything anybody could even imagine. And the news media won't touch it. They won't talk about Pelosi in Ukraine. They won't talk about Biden in Ukraine. They won't talk about John Kerry in Ukraine. And have you noticed how the news media never plays the Joe Biden quid pro quo the actual impeachable offense done by Joe Biden, which is on tape, and it has a paper trail. So you take all that, oh, throw in the eat a moments clause, I think. That lawsuit was dismissed. Over 200 Democrats tried to sue the president over that. Three judges threw it out. Okay, so it's been a rough week. The icing on the cake, Rush Limbaugh. Being really, uh, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to say center stage, but a lot of uh, Democrats, they were triggered enough by a great economy and some of the successes of Donald Trump, and then out of nowhere, there is Rush Limbaugh getting this medal, and it was just a meltdown. Now, today we start a new week of hell for the Democrat Party. Joe Biden is fourth or fifth right now in New Hampshire. Now, that could change if we use Common Core math. If we use Common Core math and we let if we let the people from Iowa count New Hampshire, it might change. But we're not sure. So coming out of uh, New Hampshire, it looks like and I just got called and corrected on my pronunciation of Pete's name, Mayor Pete. It's Pete Booty Call. So Pete Booty Call, and th- t- please tell her, Allie, thank you for correcting me. I appreciate that. Pete Booty Call is leading out of New Hampshire, followed by Bernie Sandals. And then in fourth or fifth place, it's, uh, it's Joe Biden. Warden, Warren and Biden, do you remember the momentum they had back in the 70s? In the 1970s, they were the it people. But look at him now. So it's a bad week. It's a bad week. Oh, I got to share this with you. I just got a tip from one of my 13 listeners in central Pennsylvania. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I'm not going to mention your name because I don't want you to be targeted by anybody. Ken, I'm appalled to hear that Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman will be attending the Army War College in Carlisle, PA. I've been to that facility. I've done events there. I've spoken there. It's incredible. It's incredible. If you're driving by, they have like helicopters and tanks in the front yard for people that like to go out there and play on that stuff. Anyway, this retired U.S. Army officer goes on to say it seems that he's being rewarded, honored, and promoted for his conduct. 
He should be forced to retire as a at a minimum or court-martialed for his failure to follow the chain of command. Certainly not the kind of officer we should have in the highest ranks of the Army. Thanks for sharing. Give my best to Rush. Thank you, sir, for writing that. And it is true. I just confirmed it. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vidman will be attending the Army War College this summer in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. But doesn't that fit the profile of, I, I'm not going to say deep state, but certainly the establishment. Isn't that how it works? I mean, nothing happened to Lois Lerner. Nothing happened to Susan Rice. Nothing happened to Loretta Lynch on the tarmac with Bill Clinton during the Hillary Clinton investigation. Time after time again, we see high-profile leadership in uh, different administrations, including the president. And that's the sad thing about uh, President Trump only being in politics or in the Oval Office for three years and a couple months. He doesn't have the connections the deep tentacles into these organizations, some of which have a thousand plus people in leadership positions. But we see this all the time. They break chain of command in many cases like uh, Susan Rice or Hillary or many of the Democrats that work with Barack Obama. They just lie and nothing happens. They get a promotion. They get a full uh, pension. In the case of Lois Lerner, I think Lois Lerner should be in jail. And if, if, you law, if you forgot who she is, she's the IRS. She was running the IRS when the IRS was being weaponized to target us, those of us that were part of Tea Party groups and conservative groups. And then remember, they tried to contain it to Cincinnati, and it turned out it was everybody knew about it. It was a thing because by 2010, the whole Tea Party movement was getting enough momentum that the the incumbent realized, uh-oh, this could not, this is going to be bad in 2012. And then we had Benghazi. We had a whole new crop of liars come in and twist the testimony and cover up information. We had some fake investigations. So to me, Vinman is just a part of it. By the way, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman has a twin brother. I don't know if you knew that. He also and I think that should be I think that should be a rule. I think people would agree with me. If you have a twin, whatever happens to you should happen to them. I'm sorry. Just I'm kidding. But in this particular case, he was the guy who vetted John Bolton's book. This is so interconnected. And then of course Sondland uh got fired and I we know about uh Yovanovitch. Ambassador Yovanovitch. But again, the the large picture on this is, in the real world, President Trump is the boss, and those people work for President Trump. And you've got supervisors, but he's the big boss. If the big boss says, I don't know, this guy's not, he's just on a different page. He's not on the right page with the company. I don't know if we want him in the company anymore. Well, what usually happens? Usually lose your job. But... In the case of Vindman, somebody in the Army's taking care of him. So I, w- I will be keeping abreast of that because that's literally uh, 20 minutes from the, my home studio in uh, central PA.
So still to come on the show, we are going to talk about the budget. And bef- instead of starting a call now at 800-282-2882, I don't want to have to cut you off because I'm coming up on a break. So what we'll do is we will definitely hit the phones coming up next on the Rush Limbaugh show. But uh, we mentioned earlier, this budget reduces spending by $4.4 trillion from discretionary and mandatory programs over the next decade. It also includes $2 billion for the border wall. And officials are now saying that the Trump administration is approaching 80% of the money needed to finish the wall, which is great. So the fiscal 2021 budget would cut foreign aid by 21%. So that's the you had me at hello moment right there for me personally. If that's the only thing the budget did, I would be voting for this budget. Someone has the guts to say, we need to cut the foreign aid by 21%. It, it, it isn't, the, the budget is not designed to support the world. Our taxes are designed to support America. I'm Ken Matthews in for Rush Limbaugh. We'll be right back. This is the Rush Limbaugh Show. 800-282-2882. My name's Ken Matthews in for America's Anchorman on the EIB Network. And we're talking about uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. He'll be attending the Army War College. I'm sure there's an ethics course or something about uh, telling the truth or there's got to be a class on following the chain of command. I would imagine an, arm, an Army War College would have that. That's actually an incredible facility. If you ever have the chance, if you're passing through Central PA, to take a at least a half day, uh, take a tour of the Army War College. It's, it's a wonderful, beautiful uh, facility, and a lot of people volunteer, and there's it's just it's really neat. There's a, well, it's actually the Army War College Museum, to be more specific. I keep calling it the Army War College, but there's there's two different areas. There's where Lieutenant uh, Colonel Vinman will go and try to save his career, and then there's um, where you would enjoy going. And one of the coolest parts of the War College, really quickly, is um, they had relatives of veterans read the letters of men and women from war over the years and then you can hear those so you could you, you could hear like a, a a person's uh son reading the letter he sent to his mom when he was in combat in vietnam or something like that and then they and then they have uh uh, reenactors do the Civil War stuff and the revolutionary stuff. It puts it in an entirely different perspective when you put the little um, the headphones on and you listen to a 16-year-old writing a, a letter from the Civil War or a, an 18-year-old writing from Da Nang. So that's just a slice of it. You can tell I'm a museum geek. I'll admit it. I am a histor- history and museum geek. Anyway, let's grab another phone call on the Rush Limbaugh show. The number is 800-282-2882. Joe in Detroit, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for calling, Joe. I really appreciate it. I'm going to have to disagree with you because I don't I don't believe that Ambassador Sondland was Sondland was a le- legitimate whistleblower and neither was Vinman and neither was Yovanovitch. And neither was those professors they brought in. They were not whistleblowers, nor were they truth 
tellers. They were witnesses for the Democrats. There was one whistleblower who turned out to be a fraud, and that was the whistleblower that Congressman Adam Schiff, four brains, Adam Schiff said, we have a whistleblower, and we're going to bring that whistleblower to the Congress, and he's going to tell the whole truth. And what did President Trump say? Bring him. I want to hear it. Then, guess what happened? We found out what we always have, what we always find out. This always happens. We find out that a steel dossier is actually fraudulently purchased by Hillary's campaign or a whistleblower worked for Joe Biden and raised money for the Democrats and is in all kind of photographs with people that hate Trump. And turns out that he broke the correct protocol as a whistleblower. You don't go to Adam Schiff and say, whoa, if I got some dirt on the president, I know you hate the president. Do you think you can invite me to a party? That isn't how whistleblowers roll. You have to follow the right protocol with the inspector general of that particular department or division. He didn't do that. This was a setup from the get-go. That's why everybody keeps crying about it, like some of the great political thinkers of our time, Brad Pitt. Well, John Bolton, John Bolton didn't have a chance. All we needed to hear from was a whistleblower. If this was a real case, if this was legitimate, you would just hear the whistleblower and Vinman and everybody else's, I'm going to say fake testimony, would align. But what did we find out after 17, 17 witnesses? What did we find out? There was a lot of presumption, assumption, a lot of contemplating, a lot of people concerned, a lot of people upset by what they thought they heard, but no facts. The only guy allegedly who could have given us a fact would have been the whistleblower, who it turns out wasn't in the room, wasn't on the call, heard it second party, if not third party, and hates Trump. That's why this thing went where it went. If you want to see abuse of whistleblowers, I would encourage Joe in Detroit. I'm sure that's your real name, Joe. You sounded like a pretty genuine guy. I would encourage you to research the Obama administration. Research 2009 to 2017. The whistleblower complaints and the whistleblowers who were shut down. You will find out, much like the other facts that have leaked out from the Obama administration, it was the least transparent administration in history. And this is according to to the news media. This is news organizations rated Obama the least transparent, not just conservatives. And you'll find he was the most subversive and abusive to the whistleblower process. So President Obama would talk a wonderful game. We're going to be open. We're going to be honest. And then he would seal documents for 30 or 40 years. I'm Ken Matthews. We'll be right back on the Rush Limbaugh Show. The Rush Limbaugh Show, and we're uh, covering a lot. We have the budget. We have the Biden uh, the Biden update. And I'm trying to just tape pieces of the budget back together. Apparently, Nancy ripped that up, too. But anyway, uh, the 2021 budget, there are increases as well. For example, uh, spending increases in the new budget would be uh, the Department of Homeland Security is up 3%. I think that's great. That's good. 
Defense Department up 0.3. NASA up 12, you know, because we got that space thing. We got the new Space Force. And, you know, (laughs) that's not a minimum wage gig. And Veterans Affairs, the Department of Veterans Affairs, spending will be up 13%. Now, coming up on the show, we'll talk about some of the cuts. And again, the cuts don't bother me much. We'll get your take coming up. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if if you're just starting, if for some reason you missed the first hour of the show, I want to share with you a note from Rush. Rush is going to be back tomorrow, but he actually just, well, before the show started, he emailed me a note that I'm going to share with you on the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name's Ken, by the way. Always exciting to be here. And, uh, you know, it's funny because in the intro it says the formerly blue state of Pennsylvania. The rumors are that New Jersey's might be changing color. I know it's, can you imagine if that were to happen? I have family and friends in New Jersey, uh, and I admit it. And it could change. No, there is a there is a buzz on Trump that's unbelievable. Here is this wonderful note from Mr. Limbaugh. Folks, really sorry I can't be with you today. What I thought was the onset of just a cold during Friday's show turned out to be the flu, and I was in a secret super hospital all weekend being successfully treated by the absolute best doctors. For you leftist, the nurses all loved me. It must be the beard. Anyway, this flu is unrelated to anything else going on with my health. In fact, I could probably be there today, but my doctors insisted on a veritable quarantine as I prep for the beginning of my treatment regimen. I plan on being back tomorrow, and already I can't wait. I'm really primed to weigh in on the Democrats' ongoing fiasco. That is even more bizarre than I could have hoped for. Okay, Ken, back to you. Thank you, Rush. That right from the Maharishi's mouth. There it is. He'll be back tomorrow. And I want to go back to what he, the comment about, you know, the nurses digging him because of his beard. The beard, I really believe, and I, this is the first time many of us have seen him with a beard, uh, does make him look like a, a lovable little fuzzball, does it not? But when you think about it, because he's spoken of that often, that he's a lovable fuzzball, and there you go. I want to go back to the budget. Because we were talking about, uh, and we're not going to dwell on it, because the budget can be kind of kind of like paint dry, but keep in mind, what both sides have issues with the budget. So the budget comes out, uh, supposed to reduce spending by $4.4 trillion, and then the variety of things that the, the president's administration will be cutting, uh, and then things that will be increasing, for example, $2 billion for the border wall, Obviously, if you're a conservative, you're going to agree with a a lot of these cuts and added uh, increases. For example, the Department of Homeland Security up 3%, Defense Department up three-tenths of a percent, NASA up 12, and a big bump for the Department of Veterans Affairs up 13%. The Commerce Commerce Department budget will be cut by 37%. And this is when people like uh, Joy Behar and uh, uh, Brad Pitt will weigh in on it and because they will become experts. 
But this is largely attributed to the reduction to the completion of the census. The Department of Housing and Urban Development is slated for a cut of 15%, but the proposal includes $2.8 billion for homelessness assistance grants. Maybe later in the show I'll share with you that list of where the most homeless people are right now. They're all, they're all blue cities, by the way. Something else. I found another list, and the only reason I found this list, after the State of the Union address, which I thought was the best speech that President Trump ever gave, uh, the woman from Michigan, I, was she the governor? Or, I think she was, a, no, she wasn't the governor, congresswoman. I knew she was from Michigan, because uh, I have family in Michigan, too, and they, they speak like that. So I said, a Michigander, and uh, she made a big deal about water and lead and we got to get rid of trump or you know to get the lead out of the water and whatever so i did research in the 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 top 10 cities with the most lead in the water problem are all run by democrats it's not just flint michigan pick one the most homeless the most crime the most uh poop on the streets San Francisco. Just pick one. And that's what that's why I thought, why would she go there? Why would she call attention to I I, I, I know that contaminated water is a problem. In fact, there's some new there's some new cities in Pennsylvania that have, have recently made the list. My home state. But why would you go there knowing that if someone does some research now, I understand that the mainstream news media doesn't do research. They're not going to go there. You could go on a Sunday morning news show and just make up whatever you want. Well, the economy's doing terrible, Chad. I know, Bill. <clears throat> but some of us will do the research, like this audience. And you're going to research, you're going to say, why would you come out of a State of the Union address like that, where so many, so many things are hitting on all cylinders, unemployment, economic growth, Prison reform, the wall being built, some wonderful, wonderful Americans recognized in in ceremonies and and recognized by the president. Why would you come out of that and say, and another thing, we got to get a handle on this lead in the water? Well, and stop electing Democrats. In fact, if you do further research on Flint, you'll find out that a big chunk of the money that was supposed to get the lead out of the water didn't go to get the lead out of the water. That's what's so interesting. I think President Donald Trump has created an awakening where, <clears throat> excuse me, I almost fell off my, my chair here. Uh, he's created an awakening that everybody is questioning the talking points. And I'm thrilled about it. President Trump has forced us unintentionally to question every talking point, Republican and Democrat. And I think that's why people like Mitt Romney and, and some other Republicans, moderates, squishes as we call them, are folding. Or some of them are leaving the party. Some people are leaving the party for legitimate reasons. Some, sometimes you hear an excuse like family and it's real. But sometimes people realize, oh my gosh, with this guy, President Trump, in the Oval Office, he, he just keeps exposing 
BS artist. How am I going to get reelected if Donald Trump keeps going from state to state exposing the truth? For example, Trump's going to New Hampshire. He doesn't even need to go to New Hampshire. He's going to New Hampshire to thank the people of New Hampshire that are supporting him. He's not even in a primary up there, technically. He has no, no one running. And that's the difference. The difference between President Trump's approach to getting reelected or getting elected the first time is I got to go out and I have to earn the vote. And many of us know this because he's told us that if you've ever been to a rally. He wants to earn the vote. So he's constantly doing things and saying, see, look at look at what I did here. Can I earn your vote? Can I have your vote? Can we close a deal? That's why the rallies. That's why the awards. He's trying to get and earn your vote. He's not trying to buy your vote. He's not throwing around $22 an hour Minimum wage like Tom Steyer. I couldn't believe that when that came out of his mouth. And obviously Tom Steyer isn't getting enough love. And that's the strangest thing about the new world of politics now. President Trump has put it on its head. So people that expect to get the love, like the 50 billionaires, or this novel candidate, or this novel candidate, they're not getting it. I thought Kamala Harris, seriously... I'll be honest, because I said this a year ago. I thought Kamala Harris would still be in the race. I thought she would have been one of the people that would have held on and ended up on a VP ticket somewhere. I really did. I couldn't believe she got knocked out. And I also thought Tulsi would still be in. But one thing this proves is the Democrats are doing... Uh, just what they did in the last several cycles. The Democrat Party, not the Democrat voters. This is what has the Democrat Party so confused. That's why the wheels are coming off. The Democrat Party tried to force Hillary on you Democrats. And a lot of Democrats didn't want Hillary. They wanted the non-Trump. That's where the Democrats made a mistake. You would have thought... Let's go back and, and, and compare it to the Super Bowl. Let's say you lose a Super Bowl in 2016, and your team has an opportunity to come back. But for the next year or two, all you do is go in public and trash the team that beat you. You don't practice. You don't watch tape. You don't stay healthy. You don't stay out of trouble. You just, you lost the Super Bowl. Notice I'm not mentioning any names because I don't want someone to think I'm trashing a particular team. I know how passionate Rush Limbaugh show fans are with sports and Rush as well. So, But imagine that. You lose a Super Bowl 2016, and then for the next several years, every time you're out in public, you don't say things like, well, we have some problems to fix. We're really going to work on this or that. You just completely trash the other team. Well, the other quarterback cheated. A defensive tackle kicked me right in the shin, and it's still swollen. That's the Democrat Party. So after Trump is reelected, personally, I'm going out on the limb. I'd like to see Nikki Haley run. So she would be elected in 2024. So I do believe, I do believe that the Democrats do have a shot in 2028. I'm Ken Matthews. The number is 800 282 
2882 in for Rush Limbaugh, who will be back tomorrow. We hit the phones next. By the way, if you want to uh, email Rush, you can go to RushLimbaugh.com. You can send Rush a personal message, well, wish, well wishes, or a photograph. And I have to say, I was talking to the team today, and when you go to RushLimbaugh.com, well, first of all, today you'll get a personal message from Rush. And he's coming back tomorrow, but he, he wrote a personal message for listeners today at RushLimbaugh.com. But in addition to that, if you ever are feeling down, or maybe you've just watched too much of news, just go to RushLimbaugh.com. The, the comments from Americans and the photographs from Americans across the country and the energy and the humor, uh, not just the Ditto Head Wall of Fame, but it, the whole website energizes you. It's just so Americana. And that's what makes this the greatest audience. It's that simple. You should see the comments. I, one of my favorite photographs, and I was looking at it today, I look at it often, is a, uh, a young guy, uh, Latino guy, and he's, uh, I, the picture moved quickly so I didn't catch his rank, but he's a Marine, and there's his dad. And the, the beaming of pride in the message to Rush from those uh, two young men. So that's RushLimbaugh.com. Check it out. Keeps you up to date on everything that's going on and what's happening. And I'm, I am gonna, I'm going to mention the store because, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Can you believe Valentine's Day is less than a week away? People are screaming in the other room. I guess, is, it, is that bad? I, I don't know. There's so many. There, there's the best thing you could do is surprise someone. Be unpredictable. What did you do last year? Make it unpredictable. No, no, don't show up with another date. That's that's over the line. No, no, that's too unpredictable. 800-282-2882, the Rush Limbaugh Show. BBC, are you ready for this? The BBC will be partnering with, and uh, you know her, you love her, you can't live without her, Greta Thunberg, ladies and gentlemen, 17 years old. She'll be doing a series um, for climate change and global warming. So it's good to see that the BBC is bringing in the heavy hitters. The Swedish environmentalist Greta Thunberg, who just turned 17 and who's been programmed by her parents. That should be a a fun show. 800-282-2882. Let's grab another call. Queens, New York. Eddie, I'm right around the corner from you. How are you? (laughs) Hey, Ken. Good afternoon. How's it going? Good. Welcome. I I'm, I'm an Air Force vet, too, and I, uh, the, the thing I wanted to mention that I, I'm curious about is, is this not a big deal, the fact that last election, 2016, 29% Pew Research, actually 28, 28% Pew Research has the Latino vote going to President Trump. Isn't that a huge deal? I think it's a huge deal. I think it's going to be a lot bigger. I think it's overlooked. I don't think anyone ever even talks about it, and I think... If he's a so-called racist, as they always say, all the nonsense they throw out there at him, the fact that he got 28% with all those attacks against him, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how else he can't go, but oh. Well, I think one of the reasons is, and thank you for your call, Eddie, is the news media, they direct the narrative. And if even when you go to, when you look at, and again, the, on the conservative side, we don't talk much about demographic this and demographic that that's designed 
to divide and conquer. And that's what the Democrat strategy has been very good at. We'll get this group of people that feel this way, very angry at that group of people, and then we'll tell the women that without us they can't. However, the reality is most minority groups categorized that way by the left have more in common with conservative values than liberal progressive values. That's the fact of it. That's probably why they don't want to talk about it. For example, the Latino community, the incredible work ethic, the family value, the family structure, the religion, the foundational religion in so many countries where people come here to settle, resettle, or, and, and where they come here legally. Religion is such a, it plays such a big role. And, the, and the, the interesting thing is the same thing can be said for the black vote. And I don't know if the news media, they don't want to bring it up, but the new, I'm glad you called Eddie and shared that statistic because people are under the impression that there's 1% of this group and 0.03% of that group. And then there's just that guy, Ken, from the radio with a pickup truck and a rebel flag voting for Trump. That's not the case. All you have to do is Google. You pick whoever you do not think would vote for Donald Trump and Google that definition for Donald Trump uh, transgenders for Donald Trump Latinos for Donald Trump pick one immigrants for Donald Trump small business owners or just go pick one and you're going to be shocked you don't hear that about it in the news media and and the black community is the same way with the religious roots and the love and respect of God and even when you go deeper into older demographics, you do find a unmentioned respect for law enforcement. We're supposed to believe all this propaganda that dripped out of eight years of Obamianism, like this group doesn't like cops and this group doesn't like that. And that group does it. No, the more you the deeper you drill into America, the more American values you find in common that's the craziest thing it's like whether it was my family coming over from hungary or poland or my friend's family coming over from italy they want to learn the language they love the american flag they're proud of the military so right off the bat the talking points are not what the new 21st century liberal progressive democrat party have led us to believe are true thanks again for uh tuning into the show today the rush limbaugh show rush will be back tomorrow there's a lovely message for you personally at rushlimbaugh.com and if you can't get to that i will reread uh rush's message that he sent to me to share with you coming up at the top of the hour on the EIB network. And I'm now printing out updated uh, coronavirus information for you. I promise I would get it. I was waiting. I have two different sources here. I'm printing things up to the minute. We have another cruise ship that's uh, involved in the crisis. We have some numbers that are kind of scary uh, and some other coronavirus update issues, which I'm going to give you. I try to sift through it. I don't like 
the panic part of it. So that's why I like to sift through it and get it down to the brass tacks. What's happening? Where is it happening? How can we change this dynamic as opposed to we're all going to die? Whatever. You know what I mean? And sometimes the media goes in that direction. It's interesting because at the very beginning of the coronavirus thing, people were like, okay, whatever. But there's some there, there's some similarity almost to the SARS outbreak, which you may remember. So that's coming up on the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name's Ken. And uh, let's take some more calls. Let's go to, uh, is that Ponte Verda, Florida? Or is it, did, did I mispronounce it? It's Pontevedra. I'm Pontevedra Patrick. How do you do? Well, good to see you, Patrick. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. It seems to me that the the left really doesn't have anyone who can beat Trump, and, and importantly, uh, they cannot let they cannot afford to lose to Trump. So it becomes a situation where they're pulling out billionaires to spend unlimited amounts of money. They're Legal maneuvers that are completely at the, off, off the charts and mobilizing an army of uncontrollable activists. And, and I'm concerned about voting day, uh, the integrity of people being able to vote. I would hate to see a situation where there's a press conference the day after something suppresses the vote and nobody can do anything about it. Do you think other people are thinking along those lines to protect the, our, our, that voting day? I, I do believe there's people in our government that are working on that. I want to ask you something, Patrick, because you're in Florida. Isn't that where, and there's a few things that happened recently. I know that in the last 48 hours there was a van that drove into a GOP registration tent. I don't know if you saw that, but it was horrible. Correct. No, absolutely. And and that was, that's pretty darn violent right there. And then uh, we had... Um, I don't know if this was a while ago, a few weeks ago. I'm pretty sure it was Florida. The guy who killed his boss and because his boss was so pro-Trump, he covered he covered him with a flag. And I don't know. Do you do you remember that story in Florida? I I, I, I do. And, and I'm not trying to be so severe as that. But just but I mean, that a, but a that is so that is so horrible that it. what makes it more horrible is it didn't make the news. I had to dig deep into a Florida newspaper to dig it out a few weeks ago. And I'm thinking, why doesn't this stuff make the news? This should concern us, right? Bingo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, you for know, calling. I would hate to oh, see go a voting ahead. day with people online having a problem with, with an organized group of activists trying to suppress the vote. Well, I'm glad you called, Patrick. And, and you are, you're right on point with that, because if you look at... Uh, Portland, Oregon, in the last 24 hours, the level of violence in Portland, Oregon, and places like Seattle, Washington, and some of those, I don't know, I, I just, did you ever think you would see that? The, 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 the mask, you know, the black mask and the people being beaten and just, now I don't know the extent, I know there were several injuries uh, and there were several arrests in Portland this last round. But the the uh, graffiti, the filthy, disgusting graffiti on military statues and monuments and buildings. This is very not our country. 
I was going to pick a country, but there's so many out there where this is going on now. You know, a trip to Paris, a, a, a trip to uh, Syria, a trip to some South American cities, a, a trip to Africa. Uh, there's a lot of places where this behavior is going on. But what worries two things that worry me here. I don't see the Democrats getting that upset about it. I mean, I see I see the typical Democrat upset because Trump tweets that Nancy Pelosi is crazy because she is. And plus, she sounds like this sometimes. I see the Democrats getting upset about that, but I don't see the news media saying, oh, my gosh, you know, yesterday a guy showed up who happened ironically to be from Florida. And we were just talking to a gentleman from Florida. It's not the same guy. I'm just saying the guy. He has a knife. I don't know if you read this. He's has a knife outside the, the White House. Uh, obviously, he's on the left, right, just because of how it unfolded. He said, I'm here to assassinate President Trump, he said to the Secret Service guy. And then he said, and, and I have a knife right here to do it with. Now, see, that's just the wrong approach. That's just stupid. <laughs> but that happened. But this is this type of behavior, the overt attacks on Trump supporters. Well, this has been going on for since it began. I mean, the whole red hat phenomenon has been ridiculous. If this were covered the right way, objectively. But the problem is we have a news media that is so in the tank and so anti-Trump that instead of rallying that this should stop, no matter whose hat it is or who's wearing what, you constantly get a wink and a nod. I mean, how many times have you heard this? People saying, well, they had it coming. This, uh, this particular Trump vehicle was vandalized and the guy in the red hat. How many times, and be honest, you've heard this in your maybe your local news media. You've seen it among your friends, maybe, that are leftist. Well, they had it coming. You shouldn't have had a Trump hat on. Think about the absurdity of that comment. Think about how that takes us back decades and decades and decades. It just pushes the country backwards, That those comments. Well, if you don't want to get your butt kicked, don't wear a red hat. What kind of insanity is it? And it started out with sore losers, and then it started out with a party that squandered good people in the party. So now a lot of the people with common sense and brains are leaving the Democrat Party. Now there's a level of desperation. There's also a level of exposure. Think about it. Three years ago, Mueller hadn't been exposed. Ukraine hadn't been exposed. Nobody knew some of the things that were going on. Every day something new comes out. You know, there's another thing they're investigating James Comey. Last week it came out. I forget what it was. But there's another thing he did that is allegedly illegal that the 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 FBI, I call him the good FBI, because I think the handful of people in James Comey's little group there, they were the problem. It's much like when you have one bad cop or a group of individuals in a company that are up to no good. There's far greater good being done in these organizations than not. And I think that's another reason the Democrats are so desperate. Understand if Donald Trump gets reelected, he's going to have 
the same investigative powers, his administration, that he has now. But he's not going to have to worry for the next four years because the Mueller thing blew up and so did the impeachment. So there's still a lot of investigating that can be done. We can still find out the truth about the Ukraine. And even the truth about what was going on with Comey or as far back as Hillary and President Obama. 800-282-2882 is the number. When we get back, uh, a lot more. We're gonna, I want to touch on this briefly, too. I don't know if you heard the, the cop shooter, Robert Williams, the guy in the Bronx, yesterday morning. It, yesterday morning, he walked in and started shooting cops. And uh, the mayor showed up. Mayor de Blasio, and this isn't the first time this happened, but a a bunch of cops turned their back on the mayor. A lot of people think that Mayor de Blasio has made New York City worse. Uh, That doesn't surprise me when you look at Los Angeles and Detroit and places like Houston. It doesn't surprise me if you look at things like crime rate, homelessness, and other issues that are deteriorating under leftist leadership. I'm Ken Matthews. We'll be back with your more of your calls on the EIB Network. Last week, uh, what a week. Uh, you almost feel bad for the Democrats. And now Joe Biden, uh, mm, I don't know if you've been following the... the now, here's the... Look, you got to look at the bright side. You know, uh, we are all very confident people. Conservatives are traditionally very confident. Look at the energy... And the confidence on Friday when Rush returned. And he's back tomorrow. He's going to be kicking more about tomorrow. Um, So we're very positive. So I I want to share this with people that still support Biden. First of all, I'm sorry. But beyond that, look at the bright, bright side of it, okay? I know he's falling in the polls, and he may have lost his mind. We don't know. But he hasn't groped anybody for over three weeks. Think about it. There's not one photograph, not one time that I'm aware. Mike, are you aware? I'm not aware of any time where. So just to go three weeks. And this is big. You know, that has always been part of his campaign. Get the grope out. But to go three weeks without smelling someone's hair or rubbing someone's shoulders. Uh, but he did say this. So you're arguably the candidate with the greatest advantage in this race. You've been the vice president. You weren't burdened down by the impeachment trials. So how in the participation. So how do you explain the performance in Iowa? And why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? It's a good question. Number one, I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a blind dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were. Now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, it's just very confusing to me. I, I don't even know what to make about that. So all I could say to this young woman is, at least you didn't get groped. That's all you could say. I mean, what do you say? What do you say when, you know, someone calls you a dog-faced pony soldier and says, I'm just going to be honest with you. Wow, well, you, you you wrap that up with, and I'm being honest, dog-faced pony soldier. I don't think things are going well. I think, sadly, the same thing happened or is happening to Mr. Biden has happened to uh, uh, Hillary. 
of course, in the case of Hillary, it was her seventh run. She started running in 92. But I think the DNC said, look, here's who you're going to vote for. And and this is this is why the DNC is breaking apart, because more people are thinking for themselves now than ever before. I happen to love the different selections, just like I did with Trump in 2016. I love that. It's so funny because you remember how people used to make fun of the field in 2016. Remember? Remember the Democrats making fun of Republicans? Look at those Republicans. They got like 16 candidates. (laughs) We have one, yes. That... And she's anointed. Yeah, she's going to get her butt kicked. So I kind of liked it. I like the I conservatives like competition. But one thing you're going to notice, the more Democrats do not think like they're told to think by the Democrat Party, the more heat they get. And this goes for Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard was a candidate is a candidate, was a candidate, who didn't, she was on a different page than the Democrat Party. And it could not be tolerated. Bernie Sanders in 2016, they rigged him right out of the primaries. So this is where I think all this is converging at the same time. A good economy, a... uh, Boisterous, energetic president. Hey, love him or hate him. The economy's going well. He's delivering on his promises. And a party, who would have thought this, right? A party, as in the GOP, that says, come on over. We don't care what you think about this or that. Do you want to make America great again? Do you want to keep America great? Do you want to put America first? Well, this is the thing that shocked Democrats. I don't believe Democrats believed that so many diverse, different people from socioeconomic to sex, race, gender want or wanted to make America great. But that's the that's the common denominator. That's what Donald Trump tapped into. So you got Bernie running around and he's trying to tap into these darn rich people. It, it doesn't work anymore. President Trump wants everybody to make what they want to make. You want to make what you want to make. Rush wants you to make what you want to make. I want to make what I want to make. We want to succeed. We want everybody to succeed. So Bernie's almost pushing now a conspiracy theory. We've got to get these billionaires out there. We're running everything. No, I, I don't think so, Bernie, because I just I don't think Donald Trump would have won if the billionaires and the millionaires were pulling all the strings. I think it would have been one of the other 16. Or it might have even been Hillary. So every time they turn a corner with a new theory, you have to ask yourself, well, what is this based on? And now you see why so much of this doesn't make sense. And most of the time, watching a Democrat debate is a lot more uh, entertaining than watching Saturday Night Live. Still to come on the Rush Limbaugh Show, Mexican farmers take over dams 
to stop water payments to the United States. What is that all about? We'll explain that coming up. By the way, did you see, uh, I, I didn't watch the Oscars at all. And the only reason I heard about the, because the, they, they went viral, you know, Brad Pitt making that dumb comment about he, he, he got the uh, Oscar, which he deserved. I love that movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's it's just an incredible film. I It could be one of his best. Brad Pitt, Leo's in there, Margot Robbie, great, great film. And then he had to say that comment, uh, you know, I've only got 45 seconds, but that was more than the Senate gave John Bolton. What is, what are, what's wrong with these people? No, really, what was the point of that? It's crazy. And then I'm so glad Mike uh, here in the studio corrected me because it was Joaquin Phoenix that was talking about the, uh, what was it, the the cows. He was talking about cows. Cows being artificially inseminated, yes. I I accidentally said Keanu, and I, I apologize for that. Sometimes I get those two actors confused, but I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan. We'll be back. Thank you again for tuning into the show. It is a treat to be here. Rush back tomorrow. I have a I have a note from him. I, I wanted to share it with you again if you missed it at the top of the show. He gave me a note to share with you. And it goes like this. Folks, really sorry I can't be with you today. What I thought was the onset of just a cold during Friday's show turned out to be the flu and I was in a secret super hospital all weekend being successfully treated by the absolute best doctors. For you leftists, the nurses all loved me. Must be the beard. Anyway, this flu is unrelated to anything else going on with my health. In fact, I could probably be there today, but my doctors are insisting on a veritable quarantine as I prep for the beginning of my treatment regimen. I plan on being back tomorrow and already cannot wait. I'm really primed to weigh in on the Democrats' ongoing fiasco. That is even more bizarre than I could have hoped. Okay, Ken, back to you, and thanks for making it in on short notice. My pleasure, Maharishi. So there it is. And uh, just to build off what Rush said about the Democrats, think about where we were one year ago. Think about that. Where the media had Trump, where they had Trump's administration, his reelection prospects, where everybody from Kamala Harris to Spartacus, think about where everybody was just 12 months ago. And in the case of this past week, the New, Ham- the New Hampshire the New Hampshire primaries, and then now, uh, or I'm sorry, Iowa, and now New Hampshire. This is a a disaster for all the anointed candidates from the left. Everything's changed. Nothing's going to be the same in the next several weeks. Everything is going to be different, and I would argue because no one on the left has a strategy other than. Trump is bad. Trump is a big bad man. He's a big meanie. And he's also some type of phobe. That's their strategy. That is what the Democrats have been using for three years. Now, understand, 
All the big things they invested in failed. The ways to get Trump out. But they're still clinging to the same garbage. And you really got a chance to see it. If you haven't had time, if for some reason you missed the State of the Union, that is chock full of video for Trump political ads. You know, all you have to do is look at real-time cutaways. Trump talking about women's unemployment being the lowest in 70 years. You know, the guy they call a sexist. And more women, small businesses starting. Uh, Black unemployment. I mean, we've heard these numbers before because he started breaking those records last year and they just keep getting better. But... When you look at the response by the Democrats, sooner or later, if you are a Democrat, you're going to have to look at Democrat leadership and say, do the Democrat people running for president, does anything they say resonate with me or my family? Or better yet, do the leaders of the Democrat Party, Are they more concerned about hating Trump and taking out an outsider with a little help from some folks in the GOP? Or are they more concerned about me as the voter, as the American? I can't think of a better way to express it than the State of the Union address where we had prison reform and uh, mentioned and eye rolls. And we had uh, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. Not standing when the 100-year-old Tuskegee Airman stood and was acknowledged by the president. All you got to do is look at the video. You're like, what's wrong with these people? What could possibly be wrong with a bunch of women who all wore white, which I'm glad they wore white on the Democrat side because it's easier to identify them. Like, who are the people that are rolling their eyes and scoffing? and checking their cell phones and ignoring the president and sitting down and huffing and puffing. You know the types, right? Well, at least now you could zoom right in. If everybody was, if everybody wore the same, with a quick glance, you couldn't find it. But now on the video, you can find it. You can find people rolling their eyes. Members of the Congressional Black Caucus rolling their eyes When the president of the United States said black unemployment in America is the lowest in history. And there you see members of the Congressional Black Caucus rolling their eyes. You're like, well, wait, what? What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What what is with that? Think about that, though. Think about that's how much the left can't stand Trump being there so much that they didn't get anything done for you. That's how much they dislike Trump. That's how much they disliked losing. We hated losing so much. We're never going back to practice again. And we're never going to talk to the coach ever. That's the Democrats. And in 2020, that's it. Who would do that? And, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't know. It was some idiot on The View, and it's hard to tell which. Somebody on The View made the comment, what would Martin, remember Martin Luther King Jr. was last week or the week before, I forget. I think it was last week. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Everything was a blur last week. 
someone quoted Martin Luther King Jr. on the, the view and said, what would Martin Luther King Jr. think about, I don't know, something Trump said or tweeted? I would argue, what would he think about the lowest black unemployment in history? Prison reform. Tuskegee Airmen. What would he think about people that say they're fighting for you more than anybody? The Congressional Black Caucus. And they're not even energized about the low unemployment? That would be my question. What would they say about that? You really get a, uh, you really get a snapshot of how the Democrat Party leadership uses different groups of people. And if the use, if they can be used as a prop, that was it. Someone said about the prop, that was it. Who was that? Yeah, it was someone on The View. Someone said, how dare Donald Trump use those people as props? <laughs> that's, been, that's been the foundation of the Democrat Party for the last 50 years. Get in the picture. All right, get in the picture. All right, get the, get the building behind me that's deteriorating. Okay, that's great. All right, I'll never see you again. Take care, Baltimore. Love you, mean it, Baltimore. I want to get some great pictures here with the kids and the children and the police and the, the deteriorating buildings and the new computers in the school. Um, I'll see you in four years, okay? Vote for me. Trump's evil. Give me a break. Trump doesn't even need props. You know how he doesn't need props? Because people can see who's telling the truth and who isn't. And when Trump went into Detroit almost four years ago now and said, what has the Democrat Party done for you talking to a group of Americans of color? He said, what has the Democrat Party done for you and what have you got to lose? There was such a meltdown, but that was the greatest, most honest sales pitch in the world, wasn't it? Was it not? How's the car doing that you're driving now? Not too good? What have you got to lose trying this one out? It just got all kinds of great safety ratings. So that's what I would say now. You, you want to you switch to socialism when the stock market has broken more records in the last year than any other time ever? You really got to hate Donald Trump to think that. So that's what you need to ask your, your candidates at your next... Uh, Whatever, neighborhood chat or whatever's going on, ask him. What if you actually work with Donald Trump? What if he, what if he gets elected? Well, that would be a disaster for the Democrat Party because I think the winning would continue. But it would be great for America. And then the other thing, and, you know, Russia's mentioned this before as well. Look at... What's good for America and how it relates to the Democrat Party? And that's something else. It, it, it's a clear example of the stark difference between President Trump and, and what he says, what he shares, what he tweets, and what the Democrat Party is clinging to. Do we have time? We have time to take Steve, do, don't we? Yeah, we have time. Steve, I want to get you in from... Uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Welcome to the Rush Limbaugh Show, and thanks for holding on. Hey, Ken. Uh, speaking to the point you're making, uh, I attended the Trump rally a couple months back when he was here in Albuquerque, and there was, 
uh, all the sections, there was African-Americans for Trump, Hispanics for Trump. And he brought up the points, like you were saying, black unemployment at historic lows, Hispanic unemployment, Native American unemployment at historic lows. And these were not props. These were people that were there because they were passionate about what he was doing and they were supporting him. And my second point is anyone that thinks that the Democratic policies uh, are working, come pay a visit to Albuquerque, where we just closed out the year with our highest murder rate. Uh, we're on the list of the seven most violent cities in America. Our homeless rate is outpacing New York and San Francisco. Wow. And you're, you're, you're a uh, sanctuary city as well, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for calling, Steve. I'm glad you pointed that out. And again, I don't think I don't think the Democrat Party will ever recover from their behavior on camera during the most recent State of the Union address. I think that will haunt their careers uh, forever. And, and Steve just proved it. We'll be right back. Look, you see what I did there? I hit the cough button. Did you see that? I'm learning how to use it. I'm Ken Matthews in for Rush, the Rush Limbaugh Show. Rush will be back tomorrow. There's a great message to you from him on RushLimbaugh.com right at the top of the page. And while you're there, if you'd like to leave him a message, feel free. You know how grateful he is and how wonderful his response was uh, after so many people saw him get the medal, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which was just amazing. All right, I want to talk for a minute about, I mentioned this in the last hour, and before I forget, I want to follow up on it. Mexican farmers are taking over dams to stop water payments to the United States. And I'm, again, this happens a lot because I'm a news geek, a history history geek, and an all-around geek. But this happens, I see something like this, and I go, oh my gosh, this this is like national news, this is big. There's a dispute over water payments to the United States. The dispute is getting bigger. Now, the president, Manuel Obrador, he says Mexico must pay its debts, but the farmers are angry, so they have taken over some dams in Mexico to control the water. The National Guard has been sent in to guard the dam and prevent that from happening, but... Under a 1944 treaty, Mexico and the United States are supposed to allow cross-border flows of water to each other. But Mexico has fallen behind and now has to quick, quickly catch up on payments. And I, I'm just fascinated by this. This is just the tip of, a, of an iceberg of information just below the border that we just don't learn about. We... Americans don't have the opportunity because most mainstream media doesn't want to leave the studio and report. Uh, there's too much to lose. Big salaries, and plus sometimes it's hot and the air conditioning's on. But there's so many things going on in the illegal immigration dynamic. Uh, human trafficking, drugs. We just had the largest tunnel found recently. There is a tunnel system. Between Mexico and the United States, that is beyond. You could do a five-hour documentary just on the tunnels and the border crossings and the chopped cars. There's so much we don't know about. All we know about is 
Well, I saw a picture of Barack Obama's uh, administration putting kids in cages. Let's use it to hurt Trump. There's more to the story than that. This is another example. Also, there's another example, and it's it's in my POP, my pilot preparation. I don't have the exact city. There's a city in Mexico that's arming children as young as 10 to take on the cartels because they've, they've drawn a line in the sand because so much of Mexico is controlled by uh, cartels. The sections of the different states and the different regions of Mexico are controlled by this well-oiled, organized crime machine that is very comfortable doing horrible things to people. We've, we've seen it in our major cities where some of these cartels have set up shop. But in Mexico, it's just, I, I can't even imagine how people process it. So now they're arming kids as young as 10 with guns and other weapons to try to secure their, their towns and their cities. These, these are major issues, and I think they get better when we finally get immigration reform. They, I, these things will improve when there are no more tunnels and there is a wall. And there are the big, as President Trump said years ago, the big, beautiful doors where we can see who's coming into the country, who wants to help the United States grow while they grow, and who wants to just take and hurt people. And this is, to me, one of the highlights of the President Trump administration, that because this issue is such a dominant issue, but it's so miscovered, the, the big issues are Greta Thunberg, uh, she sailed a boat across the ocean, and the whole world is going to burn up by the weekend. No, that's not true. People don't even, that's not even in the top 10 issues of what Americans care about. Think about that. You get up in the morning. Let's say you've got a couple teenage kids, you and your spouse, like my wife and I are blessed with, and it is a blessing, no matter how much they eat, or no matter how much the toilet clogs, or no matter how many things are broken in the home. It's still a blessing. But you get up, that's the last thing you're thinking about, despite what they say on MSNBC. You're not getting up and thinking about the global warming, how will it end? No, I think you're thinking about my job, the weather, is the car going to hold up? Did I pay the gas bill? Did he remember to take his lunch to school? What about the coronavirus? What about this, that, and the other thing? Not even in the top ten, global warming. Thank you, Greta Thunberg. Coming up, I will have an update on the coronavirus. I went through, I edited out some of the, the horrible panic stuff, and I'll just give you the raw numbers that we believe are confirmed now by several news agencies. In the meantime, uh, do I have time to squeeze in a call here, Mike? Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to wait and uh, and get to it right after, right after we come back from the break, which we'll do. And I, I just, I hate to start people off and then have to, because you've been so patient to wait, I don't want to cut you off. 800-282-2882. In for America's Anchorman, I'm Ken Matthews. And again, just a quick refresher course, the United States cities with the most homeless people. Number one, New York, followed by L.A., Seattle, San Jose, San Diego, San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, California, Santa Ana, and Anaheim, that's Orange County, California, Phoenix, and last but certainly not least, the District of Columbia. Those are your top 
most homeless people cities. And I want to point out, as we did with our caller from Florida, uh, they're also sanctuary cities. That's the other thing somebody needs to ask a Democrat at any type of event. What is the benefit of a sanctuary city? Thanks again for tuning in. The number is 800-282-2882. We're going to go right to the phones, but very quick, I just want to, I just want to remind you that the February 2020 Limbaugh letter is chock full of goodness, as it always is, and there's a great interview with Governor Ron DeSantis, and it's a great conversation between uh, Rush and Governor DeSantis. You need to check it out. Really, two cool guys Two cool conservatives. Check it out in the Limbaugh letter. And don't forget, uh, Rush has a message for you at RushLimbaugh.com. And he'll be back tomorrow as well. Let's go to Mike in Sterling, Massachusetts. Mike, thank you for holding. You're on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Hi, Ken. Uh, Can you imagine what the Democrat Party and the media would say? If Paul Ryan had stood up at the national on national TV and ripped up Barack Obama's State of the Union speech... They would have said to the Republican Party, you can never have any credibility unless Paul Ryan apologizes, and then they would have forced him to resign. The question is, why don't we hold Pelosi to this standard? You know, I think some people are. Uh, It's just not getting the traction. You understand you have to have the media on board with the outrage. And I think Mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe the news media accurately reflects the ebb and flow of the majority of Americans' sentiment. I, I don't think they ever have. So you and I, I, I was I wasn't outraged to the point where, you know, she should be censured or whatever, but I was shocked that this was not a bigger deal because you're absolutely right, Mike. If Paul Ryan did that, can you imagine if Barack Obama said, and this never happened under his administration, you know, black unemployment is at an all-time low, and they cut over to Republicans in Congress, and they were sitting there, arms folded, rolling their eyes? <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Unbelievable. Well, you know, and, that, and that's, the, that's the greatest thing about Trump, and, and thank you for calling. He pretty much broke... He broke the hold that mainstream news media has on so many people. But more importantly, there was such a symbiotic relationship between mainstream news media, middle-aged white liberal men whose legs tingle around Obama, like Chris Matthews. There was such a relationship there. And President Trump came in, and just from the very first day when he called out the news media, and they've been angry ever since, he said... You come to these rallies, why don't you ever point the camera at the size of the crowd? You always ignore the size of the crowd that's here. And from that day on, Americans knew, but the news media knew, uh uh-oh, I guess the gig is up. People are going to start holding us accountable. CNN won't won't be able to have any more nine-people panels where eight hate Trump and one is Mitt Romney. Those days are over. And but just like with the Mueller report and the Ukraine incident, those things were completely driven by the news media, completely. If the news media, number one, had done their job, neither one of those hoaxy alleged situations would have 
even made it as far as they did. That's the first thing. Then the second thing is, just like with the Democrat Party and Mueller and uh, Comey, these guys found out early on in both these investigations that Trump was not at fault, but they kept they kept the lie alive. Like when Van Jones on CNN said, you know, the the Russian thing is a, it's just a big nothing burger. And then I believe one of James O'Keefe's guys, because he broke the story. Could you imagine if there were people in mainstream media that were doing the type of investigating that James O'Keefe does? Anyway, I got distracted. I'm a big uh, Project Veritas fan. So remember, he said to Van Jones, well, why do they keep doing it? The, the person that was questioning him in the undercover tape. And Van Jones said, because it's good for ratings. Everybody knows it's a nothing burger, but it's good for ratings. So if we had a news media that was objective, we're not even saying, why don't you like our guy? We're just saying, why would you ignore Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry, Joe Biden, and their Ukraine involvement, and focus on Donald Trump's phone call? Keep in mind, Donald Trump wasn't, he was not accused of a, of a bad business deal in the Ukraine or demanding money from the Ukraine or protecting his son in the Ukraine or covering up aid to the Ukraine. He was accused. It was a farce. No one ever talks about how ridiculous this whole Ukraine Ukraine thing was and how Nancy Pelosi, with the help of most major news outlets, was able to ram this down our throats and convince us that somehow the president's saying, what the heck's going on with Burisma and all this gas stuff? And have, are we going to get that taken care of? Because I, I don't want to be sending a bunch of aid over if there's still a bunch of corruption. Somehow that became the president's trying to rig an election. See, the problem with the Democrats, they've done so poorly in the last decade that they think if someone's out doing a decent job, it's rigging an election. I don't think they're I think they're shocked by it. It's like where does this uh, where does this guy come off? He he shows up at a rally and he talks about the great economy? The heck's going on here? And no one has ever seen anyone politic or campaign like President Trump. He's not a fool. He has great things to market. He has great things to talk about. And he truly loves this country. And he's very open about it. He's very open about, let's kick some butt. We're America. And that's one of the most appealing things about President Trump. Let's go to Paul in Princeton, West Virginia. Hello. Hey, I just want to bring up something that you uh, had talked about earlier and then something that you talked about later. You brought up uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who's so great at playing the Joker because he is one, but he uh, he had been crying about uh, receiving an Oscar because there wasn't enough black people getting Oscars, and that was a real problem. And later in the program, you brought up what I talked to my wife last night about was how uh, all the talking heads are accusing Trump of using black people as props. So we're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. We got 
black people, not enough black people in Hollywood, and <laughs> black people in Trump's, and uh, in, in, you know, in Trump's uh, in his uh, State of the Union speech. It's such a great observation, okay. and that's the that's the danger that the Democrat Party risk because they're so in bed, figuratively speaking, with Hollywood and the news media that you can't have it every which way from Sunday. You can't say, we want to lift people of color out of poverty and unemployment. And then the president does it, and you boo him. Or, we want to have more people in these positions, and then the president does it, and you boo him. It always blows back. And as far as Joaquin Phoenix, I, I just think he's an odd duck. But he's he's a great actor. Boy, that Joker thing, that was, woo, that was over the top. You saw the Joker, right? You guys, that was one of the best acting, I, I mean, and it wasn't just the fact that he lost weight. He talked about uh, losing that much weight allowed him to move in ways he never thought he could move. So the dancing and just the attitude, it just, it was a, a great, great performance. And then he did what? All actors want to do is lecture us on politics, and that's where things went horribly wrong. 800-282-2882. I'm Ken Matthews in for Rush on the EIB Network. Back with more. So a moment ago we were talking about, and uh, the gentleman had a great, and I just zapped on on his name, I apologize, Uh, if Paul Ryan would have ripped up the, you know, if, if Paul Ryan would have ripped up Nancy Pelosi's speech. And if Paul Ryan would have sat behind Barack Obama and behaved in that way, how would that have played? Well, it would have played completely different because the news media is not on the side of Donald Trump. They're on the side of the Democrat Party, and they actually have become outright enemies of Donald Trump. So anything you do to Donald Trump, politically or otherwise... It gets a pass. Now, politically, there's ne- there's no outrage. People are calling Nancy Pelosi a hero. What a heroic woman. That That's what you want to do, ladies, in the corporate world. You get up, stand behind your boss, and just rip up his boring conference speech. And keep in mind, Trump's speech was actually a great speech. But that's what you should do. The next time you're at a big conference, ladies, stand behind your boss, make faces, and stand up and say, here's what I think about this proposal. See how that plays. In the meantime, it just drives home the fact that President Trump is the guy that more people relate to than the people in the news media. And Rush brought something up on Friday that just drives this point home. Folks, I have to look, I've, I've known Donald Trump for years, and I've been really fortunate the past. Year played golf with him a number of times when he's down here, down in, in Florida. Uh, and I've gotten to know him personally. I know Donald Trump. When I saw him come down the escalator, I know, I've know i known Donald Trump from the moment he got into this. And I knew he was going to win two weeks after he got into this. And I never had any doubts about it. And I fully, totally understand the Democrats' discombobulation with it. They have no idea what they're up against. They still don't. The deep state, all these people that have tried to run Donald Trump out of town. They just, they have no idea, folks. They have, they literally, I don't think, know anybody like him, which is a shame. 
They don't know people like Donald Trump. They may even have disdain for people like Donald Trump. If you look at Donald Trump's life, he's lived a full and complete life, and not everything has been um, what we would characterize as exemplary, but that's the point. He's lived. He has gotten everything life has to offer, and he's not finished. And he attacks it each and every day, and he has no... What's the word? He's, he's, got, he's got no um, self-doubt. He doesn't let what other people might think of what he wants to do stop him from doing it or from saying what he wants to say. He's just a unique personality. And the fact that the political establishment, in fact, in some of both parties don't understand it is uh, not hard to understand because there is a way of doing things, the standard operating procedure in electoral politics. And you can see the contrast. So that was a, a, a great example of why so many people are rallying around Donald Trump. The think about this. How many times have you heard this? Maybe your Democrat friends have said it. I've had people call uh, my show in Pennsylvania and say it. You know, I'm not really a big Trump fan. In fact, I'm a Democrat, but these people are wailing on him so hard. I'm going to support him now because everybody likes an underdog, which Donald Trump was. Everybody, Everybody likes a winner, which Donald Trump is. And think about how many politicians do you know personally or have seen in your lifetime that came to office with a list of things they were going to do. And by three years in, more than half the list is already checked off. I mean, he was, not only was Donald Trump predicting his win, but he was also predicting when I'm president, black unemployment will be the lowest. When I'm president, women will have more opportunity. When I'm president, we're going to sign prison reform. Done, done, done. We're going, to re, we're going to rewrite NAFTA. Done. I remember being at a rally, and he said, we need to get a new trade agreement with Canada and Mexico. It's done. This is why a lot of people don't like him. I think we can squeeze in Rick from Upland, California. Rick, you're on, you're on the Rush Limbaugh Show. I'm glad you called. Megadittos. I'd like somebody to get a hold of uh, Pelosi's ripped-up speech get it to Rush, and have him auction it off for charity, just like he did with Harry Reid. <laughs> Rick, that is a great idea. From, from the greatest audience in radio, I'm just thinking. And Rush could pull this off. Rush can make some phone calls and find out where, that, where it is. Oh, my God, can you imagine? And then you could, you could frame little pieces of it. People would be in your living room or your family room. What is that uh, very unique piece of art there? It's very contemporary. Looks like a piece of ripped paper with some writing on it. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. That's when she ripped up the greatest State of the Union address ever. Oh, my God. I love it. We'll be back. So I, I didn't have time to get to the coronavirus update, which I will put on my Facebook page, at Ken Matthews, also on my Twitter, at Ken Matthews, if you want to troll me or... Comment, But I will put that up there if you're really eager to learn more about what's going on with the coronavirus as of an hour ago. In the meantime, there is a list circulating of promises that and predictions that Trump made and experts were against. 
Experts said he wouldn't run for president. He did. They said he wouldn't file his personal financial disclosure forms. He did. And he's going to get reelected. See you later. 